Greetings, salute and welcome, lady beings, gentle wonders and other creatures of the night. This is the Truth or Death podcast created by Lola Hamilton and Ebo, your hosts to diversify your life. It's time for insights on the creative arts scene, hacks and tools for healthier living and hearing stories from voices around the world to share their truth stories. Are you ready to dare your truth? A new episode of the Truth or Death podcast starts now. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Gigi and Sachi, the podcast. I'm in wonderful, amazing company today, and I'm so excited to get going and start it and introduce this wonderful person to you guys. It's Hannah Wyman, Hannah, the legendary queen, going by she, her pronouns. She is an actor, writer, improviser, intersectional feminist, host of Solution Pink, nerd and as i mentioned before a wonderful queen and like just a wonderful incredible amazing person i'm happy to have her here today so hello hannah how's it going hi sorry you can't hear me blushing everybody but that introduction (laughs) was just me blushing and going don't cry don't cry (laughs) thank you so much that was just really overwhelmingly lovely so thank you that intro um yeah yeah I'm all good overwhelmed now but I'm very good thank you for, thank you for having me on here this is what I'm trying to do here like make my guests either nervous make them blush or just uncomfortable by the time they have to leave this podcast <laughs> you've already succeeded in the first like <laughs> 10 seconds so congrats amazing wonderful yeah so let's get cracking tell us a bit about yourself what you do I mean I introduced you already but go in there dive deep whatever you want to tell um about yourself before we go into deeper questions cool okay um so yeah I'm an I'm an actor um that is probably my first and foremost uh profession um but I also do writing I'm a big comedy writer I just I love comedy it really just makes me smile I love improv as well like I improvise a lot in life and on stage um it's just wonderful if you don't know much about comedy improv it's very much like whose lines anyway or like um bits in um I guess like the shows like mock the week like at the end when they do unlikely scenes from and it's just honestly like it's just a few hours of laughing every week and I just think it's really good for the soul. Um, yeah, I, I identify as an intersectional feminist, which if you don't know what that means, it basically means that, um, so as a feminist, you are, um, you know, supporting um, women's rights and equality for everybody, um, including like to- like fighting against toxic masculinity. But it also um, covers things like, you know, um, I'm not just here for, I guess, white women I'm here for black women I'm here for Indian women I'm here for all types of women all types of men you know it's across the board it's you know I'm in favor of body positivity and things like that and I try my best to fight and support for that as well um I just think it's really important I'm always open to suggestions to do better and causes and you know it's supporting trans communities LGBTQ plus it's all of that as well so it's for me, it's just trying to provide equality for everybody. And that's where I identify with. I am a big nerd. I <laughs> love, love nerd stuff. Um, into all sorts of things like Harry Potter, Disney, Doctor Who, you know, 
even like even things that I'm not a biggest fan of I probably know about like I know a lot about Star Wars and sadly I'm so sorry I'm not big I'm not the biggest fan but I I do know a lot about it like I know about the different some of the different lightsabers and stuff and you know uh, please don't quiz me on it. <laughs> I feel a bit sweaty, just like nervous, being like, oh God, is everyone going to start questioning me on it? <laughs> um, yeah, and I just try and stay positive and love life and work hard at what I love and do, basically. I think that kind of wraps up everything we've just said. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell that she's just a very amazing, incredible person? Like, what else can I add to that, right? Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, also, the ex explanation, um, we're on the same boat when it comes to that, you know, like standing up for equality and like, like, it's so important that you said, like, this is for everyone, because like, I don't know, I think for a while there has been this weird idea or picture of like, what feminism actually is and like some people have this idea it's just angry women and like oh man so much more than just angry women Honestly. also it's not exclusive to women like yeah. as a guy or whatever you identify as you can also be a feminist um so thank you for sharing that with us oh, absolutely um, um yeah so I'm here to quiz or ask you about a couple of things into the deep <laughs> and uh, we're gonna start right there with what does acting mean to you? Such a big question. <laughs> I was like a short and sweet answer but it's also really cheesy is everything. Um, it means everything to me. It's like my biggest thing in life. I love acting more than probably myself. I just find it amazing I I love it like I can't really describe it because it's you know everything and people will often be like oh in another life what would you have done or what is your plan b I don't have a plan b okay I am an actor and that is just yeah it's just something I've always wanted I'm being now and yeah it's just it's just such a amazing thing because you can because it's so much fun and it's so interesting and getting to like play other characters and explore other people and learn about them and about yourself and how you can find like how you relate to people and stuff and even like people that you might think are completely different to me they're actually you're actually more alike than you realize and it's it's insane like I mean we we all we all have bones and muscles and hearts this is this is getting so cheesy <laughs> Like, honestly, but yeah, it's it's just, uh, it, yeah, I could, I mean, yeah, it's brilliant. I love acting so much and I just can't imagine my life without it, really. Wow, like, I love hearing that. Like, I'm just, oh man, I'm always dazzled away when it comes to, like, listening to someone's passion. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, <laughs> and like, the deeper, the better. I'm just going to say it as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it went really deep. <laughs> um, yeah, so going to the beginning, like how did the journey with acting start for you? Well, so I think like professionally it started um, when I was, I mean, so I basically, well, hmm. <laughs> professionally probably when I was 21 and I went to Edinburgh Fringe Festival for the first time. Um, but then I did contemporary theatre at uni. So um, when I was 18, I did contemporary theatre at Manchester Met. So I did 
essentially professional performances then but like before then <laughs> I still think about this to this day and it makes me laugh so when I was little um we're talking like three four maybe a little bit older I would put on performances in my living room <laughs> and I would make my parents pay for tickets on the way into their room <laughs> so they'd have to pay to come and sit in their like in the living room while I just pried around for 10 minutes I mean when I say I made them pay it was like one pence two pence tickets I think at one point I went up to five pence because you know inflation and all that but like um I feel like I've always just liked performing and stuff and I've always wanted to be on stage and do silly things and um when I was eight I joined my local like pantomime um company um like amateur dramatics and stuff and it just kind of went on from there and I I guess around like 12 13 I went to see um the RSC's um The Tempest with Patrick Stewart as Prospero and like from that moment I was like damn I need to get on this stage for real like this is this is kind of where it became really real um but yeah I just I've always wanted to be on stage or be in a film or and it's just I don't know there's just always and I just love costumes (laughs) love dressing up like again from when I've been tiny I've always wanted to like put on like big princess dresses and stuff and just yeah like it's just something I've always wanted to do so it kind of there's kind of no real time of when I officially started my journey I guess um yeah nice thank you so much yeah um I think our biggest passion always somewhat lies in our past in in that kind of sense like from the people I speak to and like the people I work with I love seeing like that you can kind of spot the roots where it all begin like back when you like when you were a child or when you like teenager or like because it depends on when you start your journey you know like you can always start your journey and like especially with like arts there's no like certain time frame in my opinion like even with acting if you think about it like you can act in so many different aspects and like for example um one aspect as voice actors for example like you don't know the age of the person behind like behind the microphone like if maybe you hear it or like you can get a sense to it or depending on which character they speak and stuff but you know it's kind of like i would say almost timeless timeless form of art which is super great and um yeah so I totally agree on the part with like you know dressing up and (laughs) that stuff also I love the fact that like you know like having that bravery at that young age and being like you know I know my worth so pay for it (laughs) I love that like hello yes we love that confidence (laughs) amazing amazing yeah it's it's so funny when I think about it but like I just I think because I've always I've always been very lucky and my parents have always loved going to the theatre so I've been going to the theatre since I was like tiny and my mum always tells me the story of when I was two I think was I two I think I first went to see my theatre performance two or three I was absolutely tiny and my mum was really worried because obviously taking the kid to the theatre it can be quite you know like is it going to be great is it going to are they going to find horrendous is it going to be too hot and apparently I was just in awe I just sat and watched it and I think it was Beauty and the Beast I think was when it was in it was touring or something but I I just sat and watched it and apparently I got too hot so I stripped to my pants and vest so there was a little (laughs) three-year-old 
<laughs> just sat there watching it but apparently I was just so well behaved and just loved it and never looked back I've always yeah always just loved it so yeah amazing amazing I love that like I bet you like wow that's that's also such a great experience like props to your parents because like yeah you know theater is such a it's this whole thing of like no interruptions because you could like distract the actors and stuff like yeah. that so it's amazing that you had that experience and um it showed like it was a good foreshadowing for your parents to see <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah literally yeah absolutely gosh it's crazy yeah <laughs> amazing so what do you think is the greatest thing about acting for you personally or like what you feel is the greatest thing oh well there's kind of two parts to this question to this answer I guess from me number one is um one of the greatest things is being in a room where everyone is just as passionate as you are and just as committed and just as like we're here we love this and there's like a sense of respect for um, from everybody and everyone just kind of like gels and there's it's just quite magical that when you're like in rehearsals or when you're on set or something and everyone's just so passionate and wants to be there um there's just you know it's just some sort of magic about it and like and then like waiting to like go on stage or waiting to like for someone to call action or whatever it is it, there's some sort of like excitement where you're like oh this is this is it this is so cool like I'm gonna go on now I'm gonna do this and that's amazing the other part is I <laughs> we've mentioned it before I just love costumes <laughs> I love costumes so much costume and makeup honestly um one of my shows I did um with ATS artist theatre school when I was in training and um I got to wear this wig. Oh my goodness, it was my favorite part of the show was just getting the wig put on. And honestly, it was it was just the most relaxing time. And it was really funny because I'd come into the dressing room and sit down and like the uh, the wig girls knew it was time and they'd like come around me and start putting my wig on. It was just, oh, it was brilliant. Um, it was amazing. It was so good. So yeah, I love costumes and wigs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a big impact as well. You know, when you like, whether you're on stage or in front of the camera and like depending on which character you play you have like sometimes these significant details within the costume like if I like and sometimes that's that gives you that flair of the character like for example if, if when I think about my cosplays that I did I remember that I was testing Jughead and <laughs> you know Jughead is literally like I did I looked I looked just like you know another boy black hair random shirt jeans like there was no significant thing until I put that hat on yeah and like it's that moment where you also like get more of a sense in in that like it's this whole presence that comes with it when you're like whether it's the hat or like I don't know Captain America's shield when he's like you know doing the stunts and stuff like that it's things like that and I think like oh man yeah costumes are it's so crazy to to see what people put into the work as well like one of my friends julie <laughs> shout out to her <laughs> um she does these amazing cosplays like she did one of the versions from sansa stark um from game of thrones and like that's she, so cool like <laughs> she, she did the whole like stitching herself with like the whole embroidery stuff and like uh -huh. there were like i don't know how many how many ornaments she put on there but it's like 
like just thinking about like that one costume and then you know people do that on set so many times or like even for stage and stuff like this so like the costume itself tells you a story which is so amazing to see and like I also am a big fan of like behind the scenes like you know viewings and stuff like I used to do that for like Phantom of the Opera and Hamburg and it just it excites me so much like it's not even like that I want to put on the costume it's just seeing the stuff that they play with and and, and have on and stuff like that so yeah there's definitely a certain magic to it as well yeah no I completely agree and there's something as well like I know um a lot of actors will agree with me on this that there's sometimes you get a character and you're quite you're kind of struggling with the character for for a number of reasons it might be you just there's something not quite right like you're not quite connecting to them and you're not quite sure why and then suddenly you, you put on the costume and then suddenly it clicks and you're like ah this is it this is how the character feels this is you know this costume's like really heavy or this costume's really light and that's kind of how they walk and present themselves and it can just absolutely like game changer and it yeah like uh costume's amazing it's just yeah no you're absolutely right and even just like little things like one of my favorite like bits of like detail as you were talking about is um in uh, Sherlock in his coat he has one red like buttonhole in his in his like lapel and I'm just like that's so cool it's such a like small detail but it just adds that little bit of drama to his like already amazing coat and I'm just like oh yes this is great like I love that yeah yeah exactly details like that are so amazing um yeah thank you so much for your input on that is there anything or like what do you want to tell any kind of actor out there like you know from your perspective or experience as an actress? Um, I think first, well, there's, there's so many things. I could I could write so many <laughs> books and I could just monologue for like 12,000 hours about this. But um, I think just in a nutshell, like I think don't be afraid to fail, I think is number one because, and I'm still learning this because for years I've been so like um, hard on myself because I've always felt I have to get things right. I have to be the best and yes we all want to be the best of course we do we all want to be amazing but especially if you're doing training and stuff it's that's the place to fail that is the place to try things and muck up or in rehearsals that's the place to you know go with a character choice and it fall back in your face or whatever and that and like if you if you're perfect all the time you don't learn anything and actually just being free enough to fail and go okay well that that went badly but here we go we can try again you've learned something you've grown you've progressed and it's not a bad thing like I think we've learned from for so long that failing is like you know the be all and end all and especially because like you know we're not actually we're not like saving lives we haven't if we failed in acting we've probably not like hurt anybody or anything it might just be that you know well this character should not be French for this reason or this character should not walk like this for whatever reason and that's fine like we we all make mistakes we're human and it's something really healthy to do um I think as well like try not to compare yourself to others again I'm learning this so long because there's thousands of reasons why you might have not got the part or there's thousands of reasons why you did get the part and you know it's it sometimes it's just because they wanted someone who was six foot and you're five foot two or they wanted someone who was blonde and you're brunette or you know and it, that's completely fine. I think just try and be kind to yourself. And if 
and also support each other as well. If your friend gets the role, it could be 1,000 reasons why they got it. Yes, it's annoying. And yes, you're like, damn it, I think I'm better or whatever. You know, celebrate with them. The acting industry is so hard. It is so tough on us all. And it, it yes, it is a competition, but we shouldn't, it should be like a fun competition. Ah, oh, drats, I didn't get that part, but I'm so happy for you and I can't wait to see you in the role because I know you're going to smash it. And that's like a healthy, I think it should be a healthy environment because I think sometimes it's detrimental to your friends or your peers or the people who got the part but it's also detrimental to you like you're not really helping anything other than like spreading hate and it can become really toxic and like I've I've done that before and it wasn't nice it was horrible like and we get wrapped up in this idea that you know we've been like mistreated or whatever and you know it just wasn't your time and you'll get a next time hopefully and then finally to wrap up (laughs) I'm trying to go so quickly. Um, finally, to wrap up, um, I think that if you're going to go into the acting industry, just remember that, like, and I again, all of this advice I'm giving you, I'm still learning it as well. Like, there's days when I'm still, like, miserable because I failed. There's still times when I, you know, hate myself because I didn't get that part. And I think, drats, you know, my Yorkshire accent's authentic, but, you know, here's this person doing a Yorkshire accent and it sucks. But what, whatever it is, you know, um, I think if you're going to go into the acting industry, just remember that, like, you know, you've got to work hard and not be afraid to maybe try things, maybe make work for yourself as well. Like, don't be afraid to think, oh, okay, if I've got the funds, I can save up for a microphone and do some voice work or write something myself. Like, I've gotten into writing purely because I was frustrated that I was like, well, I think I'm really good and I want to give myself a platform and write some characters that I can play. And if you can do that, and that's brilliant. Like, you know, it's not just about getting an agent and stuff. And there's no set way to get on your career. I just think that just remember that sometimes you will fail more than you might get the roles. Like, even like the most successful actors in the world will have had like thousands and thousands of auditions. But on their IMDP, it'll be like 50 roles. And that is a lot. That's an insane amount anyway. And that's amazing. But they probably have had thousands more auditions that they just didn't get for whatever reason um so just if you are thinking of going into the acting industry just I I wouldn't take it lightly and not in a sense of like I don't know um oh I can be an actor and then after a year it's too hard like I just mean that like if you're if you really want this it is gonna be difficult and you know it's it is a fun it is a it can be a fun route it is going to be a hard route and if you're seen and you know very lucky overnight successes are usually like 10 years in the making um (laughs) it's kind of the crux of it um you know like I've kind of professionally so I'm 27 now so I've been doing it for six years which actually isn't a long time it feels like half of my life is gone it's not um, but I'm sometimes very hard on myself that I'm approaching 30 and I haven't had professional roles yet and stuff and it does get hard, but I'm not going to stop. Like I'm going to keep going and keep trying and yeah, um, I'm on end of monologue. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that kind of made sense. I was, I felt like I was trying to be helpful and it just kind of escalated absolutely um, um like first of all thank you so much for that input as well again because like sometimes like you might have heard this before in a different interview or by a different actor or even not even an actor or something like that but it's so important that we hear these messages again and again and again and that people talk about it because 
it would be an ideal world, you know, when competition would be seen from a different angle in a sense of like a healthy competition way. But at the end of the day, we're still str- we're like we're still living in a society in a in a society that has so many struggles when it comes to like, you know, healthy mindsets and like yeah. mental health and stuff like that. And the arts industry is like being a writer, also someone that has been on stage and doing various other projects it's um no matter where you go it's a tough road it's a tough road and like the society itself still shits so much on like you know artists in all kinds of aspects and in a sense um of like you know uh we're replaceable and things like that so we have to deal with this kind of stuff so the importance here is like you know be there for each other and like support each other rather than like giving into this Hollywood trope-driven white supremacy mindset. I said what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, coming to that aspect, I absolutely agree with you, you know, like, and, like, especially, like, like, I'm 25 now, Hannah's 27, like, often people also, like, they see us as, like, the moment that we are in right now. And like we have already developed so much and we're doing so much and like we're getting more and more out there but that didn't happen overnight so like we've been already on a long road of like you know being a writer being an actor and all that kind of stuff it's a long process like success or like effort or whatever it is it doesn't come overnight there is work that needs to be put in and that doesn't like and this comes from someone that had issues taking breaks You need, like, it, there needs to be a healthy balance between, like, you know, doing the work, but also trusting certain circumstances to wor- let it work out. And then at the end of the day, you need to be true to what is true to you. So, like, for example, if you want to be an actor, but you don't know what for, then you're not going to get anywhere because you need to have a passion and a vision. And, like, you need, like, even if it's just, you know, like, okay, I want to be an actor in a horror movie. Okay, great. Like, that's a, that's the first step. Like, you want to play in a horror movie. Okay, what horror movies are out there? Who's currently on the market? You know, like, that's where you go from there and take it away. And, like, I think the competition thing is also such a big thing because, like, one of the big things that I've learned is rather than constantly trying to, like, the only person you compete yourself with is the person that you were yesterday. Like, this is the progress that you should make. And then at the end of the day, it's also like, because people of so many times, we have these moments where it's like, oh, um, why does this person get this role? Or like, why is this so successful? Oh, I want to be like, I want to be where they are. I want to be in Hollywood and stuff. It's to extent and point but then the thing is also where are you at that life point like and why do you want to be like are you just driven by jealousy or is it is like is it a serious thing of saying like i want to be in hollywood so that i can get a role that is essentially life-changing for people out there because i'm playing you know i don't know a trans person that hasn't been like had that role before or something like that um coming from an lgbtq background or something like that so um and like the society often drives us to this to this mindset of like you know uh um you should look at other people you should look at you should like you know you you are like even if you're in a healthy mindset it's really like 
it's so hard to break out of that cycle to not compete yourself with others because we're constantly like especially with social media mm -hmm. like the amount like it's before you dive into that it's really hard to like be selective about what you see what you can do and stuff like that and you always have to remember at the end of the day even if you have like a selective like you know instagram or if you sorted out people on facebook or whatever um at the end of the day no one is immune to mental health so like it's this thing of trying to keep balance between having a healthy outlook on what's going on around me but also being healthy about yourself and like it's this thing of like you know okay you're frustrated with what you're doing and stuff on like it can be tough and stuff but a big thing and that's something that i've only learned last year is this thing rather than thinking of like oh why is this person there or like why am i why am i here and why am i there like start to think about like what did they do to get there where they are right now and what are they making different to what you are doing it like nine out of like it, it's kind of like this thing it doesn't always have to be that way like in a sense of like obviously if you're like i don't know if you were currently sick or something like it's most likely that this is a big reason why you're in that yeah. situation where you're right now so obviously there can always be different circumstances but at the end of the day you know rather than having this massive oh a uh, competitive mindset driven from this society go in there and be like okay but how can i talk to this person so that this person can teach me maybe something and something like that and that's something that is such a new way of thinking still like a lot of people have it and like it's not like new new but it's still like it's still not major compared to the other side of like you know being competitive about things and um so don't be afraid like one essential thing and this is also why this podcast like on anything with ref that i'm trying to create is this thing of i want a healthy network that comes from this you know like because sometimes there's still this kind of like elite thing about like oh yeah i'm now in hollywood um so that doesn't mean i can't talk to you and in, in that kind of sense which is just rubbish you know like it i don't speak generalized like this is obviously just with some actors not every actor like i um there are definitely actors out there who are the complete opposite and <laughs> sebastian stan <laughs> um <laughs> i said what i said <laughs> uh, like you know they're still or like blake lively and ryan reynolds are two great examples as well like they are people in hollywood and stuff like that but they are still down to earth and like it's so essential that there's much more a down-to-earth part in this world because you you know we can all learn from each other and like no matter if that's writing or art or whatever it is because like just because you're already like three stages ahead of me doesn't mean like you can't talk to the because you, you've been once there where we are now so it's this thing of like don't act like you're something better because you also started somewhere from scratch at some point. So I think it's always important to have these conversations, to give exchange and to like, you know, help people buy that because I think a lot of people still have this mindset of also like, oh, but because yeah, at the end of the day, arts are like the art sector is definitely tough. Like it, it's, it's a lot, it's this, it's one of the big sectors where you have to put a lot of work in yourself. Like, mm -hmm. No one's gonna come and hold your hand and like help you to to apply for that job because acting writing it's all about your soul and your passion that's behind it um 
but yeah, have this exchange to like be open to talk to people like the, you're only setting boundaries in a world that has so many boundaries already. So why would like be more open about that? And that's me wrapping this up. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think just, you know, if you're passionate about something then and really want to do it, then I think then absolutely go for it. And, you know, just remember like to try, try try things because like I so I'd done improv before but I'd never really done improv and then I decided because I love the theatre company Mischief Theatre I'm going to talk about these guys because I love them so much I'm like a proper fan girl for them but they're amazing and um they do like comedy about bank robbery the play that goes wrong magic goes wrong um they've got um a tv show at the minute um and the goes wrong show just if you love comedy they're hilarious they're brilliant but I did a um improv um, course with them it was like a six to eight week course with them with uh, Harry Kershaw who's in Mischief Theatre and it was amazing it legit changed my life like I was like I want to do improv now this is the best thing I've ever done I'm so glad and like that changed my like changed things for me it's given me so much confidence and it's you know it's I would never have done it but I was like me and my mum were like should I just do it on a whim she was like yeah go on just do it I was like yeah all right and so I just did it and you know, it was one of the best things I've ever done. And they introduced me to Hoopla, which is um, an improv group who um, run courses for people. They've got online courses at the minute as well with everything, the madness that is happening. So you can do it online and yeah, just just have a go. There's a load of free things as well. Like if I know money is a big thing as well for this sort of thing. Um, but there are a lot of free things around and stuff. Um, just have a go. Like you just never know if you... I don't know if you if you ever want to tweet me or get in touch um I, I can try and help put you in the right direction of some stuff I know but yeah just have a look around and you never you never know what you can come across um yeah that's kind of <laughs> what I wanted to do <laughs> yeah to to quickly <laughs> add to that uh, before we wrap this question up yeah. um go out there try things and look out for it because like the amount of times I'm doing free courses just to have that experience and like networking is such a big thing here as well. Like there are apps where you can network even on Facebook. Like, for example, you want to be, I don't know, uh, an actor, Google acting groups or whatever, or like acting exchange groups and stuff like that. Because like, especially in the pandemic times, like now is the time to like even do all these even more do all these online yeah. things because people throw free stuff out and it's things like you know podcasts and stuff like it starts with podcasts like listen to a podcast that talks about like you know yeah. how to become an actor or like who has interviews with actors and stuff like that it starts with things like that and like any penny that you're gonna invest in something that is for your future it's gonna come back to you 100 percent yeah. and i'm not saying like the money itself is going to come back to you but it's going to come back to you in ways of experience that you're going to get out of it and like it's never wrong in that sense to then invest in something that is going to be a life-changing thing for you um so go out there like because go out there explore and try and find these things because like sometimes for it, it's not all about like you know spending like two thousand pounds on a on a course or something like that it's it starts with like you know podcasts books and stuff like that and like that's affordable amounts that you can do like just have read a book 
I watch these videos, like dozens of YouTube videos on interviews with actors and stuff like that. So like, we're so lucky to have the internet in that kind of sense, because it makes it, makes it so much easier to get in that. And then obviously start the conversation and don't be afraid to ask questions. And like, there are no stupid questions, you know, like it's in that sense, you cannot go wrong. Yeah, and the, the, no matter how crazy it sounds or how, um, how, how basic it sounds or whatever, like whatever you're trying to um, get from that, like people will reach out and like, there's so many ways, uh, but you have to try at the end of the day, like you need to, yeah. you need to put that effort in. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite role to play or what kind of characters do you like to play? Oh, um, oh, such a tough one. <laughs> um, it's quite, I think it's quite difficult. It, it really, it really depends because I think sometimes when you audition for characters, they are, they end up being completely different to what you first kind of thought because often you'll get like a tiny bit of script or a monologue that later on will be cut or <laughs> will not be used or your character goes on a completely different journey or you and the director find something more magical or better in some way between the two of you so I feel like the process is kind of you know never ending and if and if you if you're on stage um doing it and you're doing a long run the character you first start with in the run will often change and adapt to the last time you play the character because you'll get more confident you'll get more uh, you might find that especially if you're doing a comedy I think this works particularly more in comedy is that if you find that you that you did something random one night and it got a laugh that you keep doing it because people love it or it was a good improvised bit or whatever it is so sometimes that can change and that's amazing when you find those like key things um but I guess roles that I've loved that I've played um <clears throat> oh um who did I love playing? Oh, um, so one of my favourite roles I've ever played was um, Daisy and Daisy Pulls It Off um, by Denise Deegan. And it's basically it's basically um, like Centrinians, but they're all the good girls and they all actually dress in the proper uniform. It's not all like the customised short skirts and stuff. Um, it's based off like, I think it's Mallory Towers, the, um, the book version of it. Um, and I got to play lead in my a-level performance and it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life my amazing drama teacher gave me the role and I oh I loved it like it was a really hard process it was hard um, for a number of reasons but it I just loved playing that role I just there was just something about Daisy that I just felt was very like me and that she was very kind of you know she she basically she goes to a new school and she tries a lot and she tries hard and often she gets bullied but she makes friends and she kind of like gets along the way and then she ends up saving the day at the end and it's all kind of lovely and whimsical and just really lovely and yeah she, there was just something really lovely about being Daisy there's just that little kind of I felt like a bit of a sparkle about myself which was <laughs> really nice and then another role I loved playing was um <clears throat> Abigail from The Crucible um which Oh, it's an amazing play. Um, it's Arthur Miller, if you don't know it, um, and it's basically about the Salem witch trials. And Abigail is in like two scenes. She's in so there's I think there's four acts in the play. She's in Act Two for like a long scene. Oh no, sorry, she's in Act One for a long scene, and then she comes back in Act Three and says ten lines. But she's the most talked about character in the entire play, and she basically comes in, makes a lot of like she like mixes everything up, causes so much shit, and then just leaves. <laughs> just just 
brilliant. I loved being her so much because it was something that was quite different to, out of my comfort zone. Um, and that was at like GCSE. Um, most recently, oh, um, I feel like this is such a big question. There's been so many like good roles. I guess as well, ugh, keep rabbiting on about improv, but with improv, you play so many random characters in improv and it can be completely like, one week I was a Yorkshire policewoman who <laughs> was arresting someone for running over a squirrel. They escalated, it was very fun. Um, yeah. Um, oh, who else did I love playing? I don't know, there's just the... Sometimes it's not even about being like the main character or being like a great character. It's just being part of an amazing production and that you're like, yes, this is all, I love all these people. These are all great. And yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, I guess I love characters that surprise me in different ways and give me like, make me find out things about myself I didn't quite know or give me the confidence to do something or try something I think are the characters that I really love um I'd love to I'd really love to play a villain one day like a proper kind of like pantomime villain I think would be brilliant I would really love that because I know that's quite out of my character zone um like that would just be really fun to play so yeah that's yeah <laughs> amazing choices going over to the next question is there anyone that you like to work with or like is there any kind of like movie that you like to stare in or like any dream goals in that section? Oh, probably so many, but I also can't think of any right now. Um, I'd love to work with Edgar Wright. I love him as a director. I think he's brilliant. He's very um, like I love the Cornetto trilogy. Um, if you don't know what that is, that is um, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Um hot fuzz is my favorite i just i love the kind of weird quirky british humor and the kind of like and i love the style the stylisticness of it as well just like the way um <clears throat> excuse me like the i guess he's i just think he's brilliant in the way he does like um like montages of time passing and stuff like that and there's a great montage in um the world's end where they're all drinking pints and it's done to this music and all the pints are poured and it's just stylistically it's just brilliant um so i'd love to do that i'd love to be in a mischief theater show i would just love that to absolute pieces i'd love to be in doctor who oh to be in doctor who would just be amazing i'd love that so much um yeah and just with again like there's loads of there's loads of like famous actors I'd love to work with but most importantly just as I said earlier like I just love passionate people who are just respectful and who all want to be there and are really passionate about the project and just support each other I think that's the main crux of it but like I don't know any literally anybody from like you know the greats like Judy Dench and um Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart to you know, some of the newcomers or like Marvel people like Tom Holland, Chris Evans, they could die, but you know, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, yeah, just anyone, anyone like that. I'd love, oh, love to be with uh, Jodie Whittaker. Oh, she's just wonderful. Hayley Atwell. Oh my goodness. Emma Thompson. Yeah. So, so, so many amazing people I would love to work with. Um, that I, again, I could monologue about for years. <laughs> I only have one more thing to say. Thank you. You will. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you so much for all the input on the like the passion that you have and the passion that you do. Um, 
now comes the part which I'm so excited about because um, essentially you're going to be a regular guest and we're moving forward because you're going to be part of my Marvel crew uh, when it comes to discussing things on Marvel um, and to give a bit of a tease that already. Um, so what does Marvel mean to you? Everything. No, no. <laughs> That's my default answer. <laughs> Oh, so it's just such a fun escapism. Like, I just find it really whimsical and entertaining and just like, oh, there's just something, I don't know, there's just something really, like, epic about it, um, but also not being, like, so epic that, like, what's the word? Um, I find, like, a lot of really epic films are very, um, like, you know they're very important to watch and they they make a big amazing statement and of course that's you know great but these are just so much fun and in an epic way and I just I really love that I, like I love comedy I, I you know I'm probably more on the softer end of the scale of a lot of things um and like I, there's just something about seeing a Marvel film in the cinema is just there's like no other experience and it's just like especially like Infinity War and Endgame there was just something that was just insane about it um yeah so it's just and it's it just brings people together in like a kind of fun way it's just yeah it's, it's great I can absolutely agree <laughs> with you when it comes to the cinematic point like I miss cinema so much <laughs> like oh my God. Uh, it's one of my big passions like whether I go alone or enjoy it with friends together cinema was always my escape room you could almost say uh like especially in the uk you have this amazing system of like unlimited uh, cinema cards which germany should definitely get <laughs> um and it's just oh man it's just that experience that you have whether you watch it i don't think anyone do you watch Marvel movies alone? I mean, maybe for the like rewatch afterwards, but most of the times I watch definitely Marvel movies with friends together. It's this, yeah. it's kind of like coming together, you know, like everyone kind of like knows like, oh, next Marvel movie in three months. Like that's, that's the big thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that. I'm curious, when did your Marvel journey start? Like when did think- it start for you? Well, I don't think there was like an official time when it started. Um, I remember being at work and like a lot of people talking about it. And I, I think I saw Iron Man, the first Iron Man, like ages ago with my parents. Uh, but you know, when you're like watching a film, but you're not actually really watching it. Um, so I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. And then um, I, years later, I, I think I watched Thor first. Maybe Thor or... Um, Captain America the first Avenger I watched I watched those two um to as as like a starting point um I think partly because I think someone talked to me a lot about Captain America and I was just like oh Cap he sounds sounds, oh poor baby (laughs) and I was like oh I just want to want to find out more about it so I was like okay well I know that one's good so I'll, I'll watch that one and I think I'd already discovered Tom Hiddleston by this point. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch Thor, sure. And I like Kenneth Branagh. So I was like, yeah, I'll give that a go. Um, but I, I remember definitely. So like somebody, because I think it was around the time Civil War came out. I think that's when I officially was kind of getting into it. Um, because a couple of my friends were like, oh, come with us. And then so many of my other friends were like, you just won't get it if you haven't seen the others. Like you, you, you just won't get it. 
And then I watched it. I was like, well, there's not really much to get. I mean, like, <laughs> these guys are pissed off with these guys. They're having, they were a team. Now they're having a fight. And the government are annoyed that they cause a lot of shit in places. I was like, that's kind of easy. <laughs> um, and then I started going back and watching um, all the other films. And obviously I fell in love with Chris Evans or Captain America. Um, he's my number one. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it was kind of a, a vague like there was no definitive time. So I know, like, if um, it's my friend Jessie, um, she was like, I remember seeing the second Iron Man in cinema, and that's when it like took off, and I fell in love, and blah blah blah. Whereas I just don't have that. It was like a really vague, like, kind of discovery of the film. So, yeah, yeah answers that. <laughs> that. That's absolutely. I'm just <laughs> sorry. I just got dazzled. Jessie, did you really fall in love with Marvel by the second <laughs> Iron Man? We need to discuss this. <laughs> I think in Jessie's defense, she was like, she remembers going, it was more the experience of going to see the second one in the cinema maybe than the actual film. So that's why it holds like a really good place in her heart, I believe. Yeah. If I've just misquoted Jessie, I do apologize. We love Cole Sprouse, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, wonderful, wonderful. Wicked. I've got one more question for you before we move on to yeah. a critical section. Yeah. Um, which Marvel character would you like to play coming from the acting side? See, this, this, I was thinking about this um, before I came on, and I was like, this is so difficult. Um, because I think I've got a top three. So my first instinct was Ant-Man when you first said it, because I love Paul Rudd, and I just... There's just something about Ant-Man that is just so... <laughs> there's just so brilliantly, like, real about him, because, like, the minute you see him in Civil War, and he's just like, whoa! hi I know you and I'm like this is what I would be like on the set of an Avengers film or like a Marvel film I would be like whoa dude I know you like just... <laughs> and like I just I don't know I just love the the, the comedy aspect like <clears throat> especially in the first one I think some of the scenes are so brilliantly clever um I then realized Shuri would be an amazing contender. She, I mean, my science is like next to none, so I'd be crap at that part. But her banter, her like, just, she's just amazing. She's so cool and interesting and funny. And like, she's, again, she's really quite real. Like, there's just something about her. Like, um, I think in the middle of um, the Black Panther crowning ceremony, she's just like, oh, for God's sake, can this be over now? Like, this dress is killing me. And I'm like, yeah, I respect that. Like, she's so honest and I love that. And then number three would obviously be uh, Agent Peggy Carter because she's just big, bad boss woman and I love her. Um, and just, she's just so, like, graceful and like ah oh, like there's just something so slick about her as well and she's very like especially in the tv series oh watch the series if you haven't watched adrian carter watch it it is insane love it love it love it um yeah and and there's something lovely as well because i think a lot of um a lot of the superhero characters this is like another topic so i'm going to brush over it but we'll probably get into it i feel like a lot of the female superheroes are very this is just generally this isn't just specifically marvel are very much like <laughs> i'm very kind of like I don't know almost like masculine portrayed in a way but just wear like a skimpy costume and that and then like they still very like oh I'm silent I don't really speak much and like I'm very much like oh 
I, I have superhero powers and I'm cool and I wear leather jackets. Whereas I feel like Peggy's so unapologetically feminine as well. Like she's always got like gorgeous lipstick and a gorgeous dress and she's all she's still very much like, no, I, I'm a woman. Like this is and like I mean I guess gen like, you know, it st- I'm probably being very stereotypical, but just in terms of like, I guess gender norms you know it's it sometimes feel like women can't just be feminine like I loved Birds of Prey just because there were so many different types of women being unapologetically women and female and it was brilliant whereas I think sometimes the superheroes get kind of crossed over a bit I hope that explained that well I'm really sorry if it didn't (laughs) no no thank you so much for that input um there's gonna be an episode where we definitely discuss discuss female heroes or heroines um in that aspect especially because yeah you know it's such an essential crucial thing uh, when it comes to talking about that and it's necessary to talk about because we have still too many men complaining about female superheroes (laughs) (laughs) Um, and sometimes even like women complaining about female heroes which is a bit odd to me because like why would you complain about presentation um but then like obviously when it comes from a critical aspect that's why yeah thank you so much on that like (laughs) my favorite thing was just like I did not see Ant-Man in the top three like (laughs) I think this is my favorite thing about it because but to be honest if I think about it like Ant-Man is so relatable I think if you're a creator or like if you're actor or writer or something Ant-Man is that guy that you are when you come into your own universe, kind of, you know, like yeah. it's he's so natural written in that sense of like, you know, where the others already have kind of like a very traumatic, tragic past, whatever. Ant-Man is just, you know, he's a father and he tries to figure out his life and he obviously didn't like, he wasn't great when it comes to his relationship and stuff. So like he's, he's I would almost say like he's one of the most um realistic natural feeling characters in there so that makes him so great and like like I, th- I can't remember which which movie it was but that one where he eats the burrito or the taco or something <laughs> like that and it's just like I felt that you know I felt that like all we do is seeing these people like constantly running around and stuff like and he just that man just wanted to eat his taco <laughs> like, um, which is just it's so natural and nice to have that in there because like yeah obviously like I don't need heroes all the time to be like oh but do I really want this or have I really figured it out but it's kind of nice to have someone like like that in there yeah it's sure. almost like as if one of us gets suddenly thrown into a superhero world and you yeah. try to figure out how everything works out um so thank you for that absolutely great right we're moving on to a section called the total truth um i'm super excited i love this section (laughs) because it's just my guest has the opportunity to spill up to three truths that are just truths to them and i cannot do anything about them so hannah the stage is yours it infuriates me (laughs) that like you can be a professional gamer I just, I just get so angry at the idea that like, well, what do you do for a living? Yeah, I play computer games for a living. I'm just like, what? (laughs) I just, I I don't know. There's just something really annoying. Like, yeah, I'm really good at Grand Theft Auto. Like, what? (laughs) I mean, that's a fair point, to be honest. 
there, there's me going like, I'm not going to comment this. <laughs> um, I think the part that annoys me about that is um, that when you do it as a guy, it's absolutely licensed and you, like you're so cool with it. But the moment you're a female gamer and you do the same stuff that guys do, you're not taking seriously. And it's just like, so I need a penis to be paid for Let's Plays and games. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for that, Harold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, oh, it's just something really frustrating. Like, I kind of get game testers. Like, I get playing the game to test it out, make sure it works and finding cool stuff. I get that. But just the idea, like, I'm a professional gamer. (laughs) Really angers me. Absolute, like, this is the total truth, so there you go. Just, I, I can't even specifically pinpoint why it angers me so much either. I just think it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, the the great thing about the section is, like, you can just say it and then people Don't have, have to, to sl- sleep with it <laughs> after hearing this podcast. <laughs> If you are a professional gamer, good for you, but it annoys me. <laughs> um, maybe maybe just Yorkshire tea is the only like English breakfast tea you should ever drink. The the other brands are irrelevant. <laughs> the diversity in these three truths, I did not see that coming. It's not scripted, guys. <laughs> The third one was completely just me off the top of my head thinking about it. I was like, actually, that annoys me as well. And someone's like, yeah, Tetley's better. I'm like, Tetley, like, how dare you insult me? Like, no. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for these truths. Um, Yeah, honestly, um, the part of this is just, you know, just how do you people say that? Take it with a grain of salt. Is that how you say it? Pinch your salt or something like that. Yeah, so do that, listeners. And right, it's time for the quick fire questions. And I'm super excited to see what's happening here because it's the same set that I gave Craig, but with a bit of a variation. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going to start right away with peanut butter or mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) The look she just gave me was... (laughs) What question is this? Like, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Genius. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Uh, Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch. Yeah, see, this is... The... Craig almost bashed me for that. Like, how could I insult the queen, you know? And <laughs> it's just like my two seconds that I write down these questions. The next question is, to be honest, something that I already know what you're going to answer, but I'm going to ask them anyway. So Captain America or Iron Man? Captain America. (laughs) Don't insult me. (laughs) Don't insult me. Which one did Craig pick? (laughs) Captain America. Okay, good. Okay, okay. We're all right. We're all right. (laughs) He's on the same boat with you when when it comes to that. Like. Excellent. Uh, he, he gave a similar answer. I just find that hilarious. Okay. There's enough copious amounts of mayonnaise on this little boat. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Sorry, go. Okay. Falcon or Winter Soldier? Mm, ah, mm, I swear, this, like, this is the cracking. Like, 
the the ones the three sectors before yeah i was already thinking like ah, is this a tough one and then it comes to this question and the people crumble underneath it <laughs> yeah, i think i picked falcon just because i think i think he's funnier than <laughs> oh yeah sorry bucky you're not funny enough <laughs> No, 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 no. Bucky is great, but I feel like that. I feel like Falcon's funny by himself, whereas Falcon and Bucky are funny together. If that makes sense, because like you know, poor, poor, sweet Bucky has got stuff to deal with. Okay, he's like completely, you know, like he's dealing with some stuff, and we should respectfully let him deal with the stuff, so Falcon can be funny and then make Bucky funny because he brings out the lightheartedness in it. <laughs> Backpedaling. We're gonna come back to this. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> amazing. Okay, being an intern at Shield or being an intern at Stark Industries. Oh, intern at Shield. Yeah, yeah. that's an absolute fair point. Like, yeah. I would not pick Stark Industries. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the logo's super cool, but Tony Stark would annoy me so much. Yeah, same. I'd like, maybe hit on me, and I hate. I'd hate that. It's just, oh, man, like. I, no. Yeah, I feel like Tony Stark would hit on a lot of his female interns. Tony Stark, can you please answer this one? <laughs> <laughs> like, just no, no. Like, after Pepper. After no. Pepper. No. But, like, not in like a horrible way. Just I feel like he'd, he'd say some quite flirty comments because we've yeah. seen him in like the first Iron Man film and how, like, oh, it, yeah. and like he openly says he's a playboy. Like, I just feel like he would, you know hit on a lot of like n and not in a like I don't think he'd ever well I mean I guess let's let's not go down that, ho that hole <laughs> it's <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah I don't I, like I just think he'd make a few comments that wouldn't slide well with me and that would piss me off so I definitely went with uh, shield sorry yeah fair point <laughs> Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy oh Gwen Stacy <clears throat> good choice good choice magneto or professor charles xavier oh charles definitely charles <laughs> i can't wait for the x-men episodes because craig said the opposite oh, no. <laughs> this is gonna be so good oh i love it wolverine or deadpool wolverine mm. fair point what's your favorite infinity stone oh Oh, um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of them all. The only one I could think of was reality. Um, right, there's reality, there's soul, there's time. God. So we've got the lilac one, which is the orb one that we got in Guardians of the Galaxy. The oh, one yeah. that um, we've got the Tesseract. Time stone is green. Uh, then the yellow one is vision. So yeah. like mind stone. Uh, the red one is the aether. Is that how you yeah. say it? Uh, the the one that we get in Thor Thor two, that hang on one two. Oh three, yeah yeah. It's seven right. Six. Six. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah. There's um one two three. Is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we so need to cut that part. Work <laughs> out on the gauntlet. <laughs> I think that isn't there like four on like the knuckles. Then there's like I think the yellow one in the like back of the hand, and then I think there's one on the thumb. I think. 
Yeah, it takes so. Uh, look at us. Um, yeah, so yeah, the soul stone. See, like yes, so space, space, which is tesseract, mind, reality, power, time, and soul. Oh, what about soul? Um, I feel like reality would be quite cool. I think probably reality because I feel like I think I'd be a bit like low key and be able to like you know manipulate and do weird trippy stuff. But soul would just be too upsetting. I couldn't sacrifice anybody for it. And then I'd be really annoyed if someone sacrificed me for it. Like, like <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my God. That's funny. Okay. Last question. Being an Avenger and training with Killian, knowing that he's in love with Captain America, or being an Avenger and training and having Killian as your next target villain. Oh. Yes, Killian Lancaster is in love with Captain America. If you heard that right. I'd want him to be a villain. Oh, I'd want him to be a villain. Because then, you know, I kind of get the best of both worlds. Because I'd be like a really tortured soul of, oh, but I fancy the villain I have to kill. But, you know, my boyfriend's like training me. So it's confusing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for answering all of these questions. Um, I hope you enjoyed the ride. I love the fact that Falcon were the versus Winter Soldier seems to be the the crucial point of this part. Um, I don't know. I created that mess, but okay, I'm here with it. As I said, like my goal is to make my people here uncomfortable. So, <laughs> um, right, we're moving on to the final part, which is uh, worst and best zodiac sign. Oh, see, I don't, I don't know if I know the rest of the zodiac signs really well i know taurus and pisces probably the best so i probably think the best for me being a taurus i think that's probably the best and worst thing because like i love being a taurus and that i feel like i'm i'm very like headstrong and passionate and you know determined and things like that but then i also hate it because i'm so stubborn over the most stupidest things like for some reason <laughs> like I never used to be like this, but I get so competitive over things that I'm genuinely really bad at. So like, I'll be like so competitive, even though I know I'm going to lose, but then I'll be so angry with myself for losing. And I just think that that is such a horrendous trait. <laughs> uh, like, it's just so, and then, and then if I do win, I'm like a really bad winner as well. <laughs> like, any Taurus out there can please get back to us and like confirm or not confirm this trait yeah. of the zodiac. Um, <laughs> so you would say like Taurus is a winner as well as the worst. Yeah. Well, having having lived with being a Taurus my whole life, I could, I feel like I've got a bit of experience with it. So I feel like I can easily say that that might be a bit of a cop out. Otherwise, I'd probably say maybe Cancer's the worst, just because it does sound like the terminal illness, and that is horrendous. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> this podcast is so spicy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, just because it does sound like the horrendous illness. And that is not their fault. It's just an unfortunate name. <laughs> I mean, absolute fair point. You know, that's the great part about like, you don't even have to give answers or reasons or anything. Just, you know, live the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe cut that bit out. <laughs> 
Wonderful. Okay, we are about to wrap this up. Is there anything else that you'd like to let the listeners know? Anything that you haven't said yet? Anything that needs to be out and about? I think the listeners learned a lot about you today. Yeah, I feel, I feel like they do. Um, just really like quickly, um, I am actually part of a theatre company, which I've not mentioned, called The Undisposables. And we do... Um, a lot of like online scratch nights and scratch nights and we do look for actors and writers and stuff so there's always opportunities there so you can follow us on twitter which i believe is at undisposables it's on my twitter page anyway so you can follow us through that and we we do a lot of shows and stuff so like if you are an actor wanting to get experience and come work with us that would be awesome um and also as well if you are struggling with like funds and stuff we um i'm actually doing a free uh, improv jam every monday um, called Duck Duck Goose and basically any improv experience great or none at all come join us it's really fun um, we do some like improv scenes and stuff and it's all a bit silly um, but I've met quite a few people through that and it's it's great yeah so come 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 work with me and meet actually me <laughs> oh and read read um, all of the ref books because they're great so um thank you <laughs> i'll take that free promotion i love it very welcome also check out solution pink there's a really great host and um, <laughs> like one regular guest who's on every single episode and they're both just amazing so you should totally just check them out and um, they're all aka um hannah and lola or hannah and Gigi. so i've yeah. heard Gigi's quite hot so <laughs> i can confirm judy is smoking uh <laughs> But so is Hannah. So, uh, like, as, as we said in the beginning, we're all about equality here. So, so true. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining me today on this wild ride between Marvel. I can't believe Taylor Swift made it into this podcast. Um, it's it's great. It's fantastic. I'm always pleased with the turns this podcast is taking. If you can't get enough Hannah, she also got instagram and twitter you can find her there at h underscore yman one you will also find the social media links in the description of the podcast and obviously if there's any question or something like that you can find our email address in the description leave us some comments like i have a feeling there's a spicy debate between swifties and hannah coming up as <laughs> well as no. what's your problem with paid gamers <laughs> yes. oh, no. um so you know start the discussion um let it out and about um come back to us for whatever you want to know or like um considering marvel is going to be a regular topic feel free to drop us any questions anything that you want to have uh us discuss or see going wild about it um Maybe as why is Bucky not so funny uh, compared to Falcon? <laughs> um, we will take everything on. And yeah, so this is a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for joining me once more. And I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. If you can't get enough of us, don't you worry. We got social media for you to contact us, to talk with us to have questions, to raise questions, and to raise your voice towards us. Gigi, which is me, you can find as Elsie Hamilton Arts on Instagram, as well as literally Elsie Hamilton. 
all around uh, the internet. Go to our site revolutionseries.com and you can also find extended social media contacts when it comes to ref series. Saji, which is known as Abel, you can find on social media on Instagram under a certain name. We also drop the links in the description. Have fun, contact us and have a good day.